that he's personal. You know, the world thinks God's just way out there somewhere. But God is my personal God. He's your personal God. He's a God you have relationship with. He's a God you can call on. He's a God you can trust. He's a God you can find comfort in. No matter what we're going through. That's how great he is. He's not just a God over the universe, but he's the God over us personally. Aren't you glad you know him that way today? God bless you. You may be seated. We're going to let our children go. <clears throat> well, praise the Lord. It's good to be here in service. We haven't seen one another since last year. And uh, it's a blessing to be back here. Hallelujah. We have a lot of people that are out with the uh, with the sickness, the virus. My wife is out. I was probably a week and a half ago or so. I was I was uh, diagnosed positive with the COVID, and. Uh, you know, there's so many strains going on. I asked the doctor, I said, what, what kind do I have? He says, no matter. <laughs> it's all the same, you know. So uh, and thank God that, uh, that we're getting through it. We'll continue to get through it. That's why we have a lot of people out today. That's why we canceled service last week. So we're a week behind on our New Year's message. So, we're going to get it today. You know, this is the, first of all, let me wish you a blessed New Year's, huh? Let's believe this year is going to be better than last year. How many believe that? Let, let's believe it. Let's don't, let's don't doubt it. Let's believe that this year is going to be better than last year. You know, this is the time of year where everybody makes uh, New Year's resolutions, huh? Maybe you made some. I didn't make any because I usually break them all like you do and uh but people are making all kind of new year's resolutions that you know this is how it's going to be this year making plans hoping that this year will be better thinking that this is a new starting point in life because the day changed how many know that nothing happens from december 31st to january 1st there's nothing magical that happens that everything's going to be different this year than it was last year really nothing changes but have you ever felt that way that at times in your life when when your life gets out of whack that you can just think to yourself if i could just press the reset button you know the reset button you got on your your, your uh, electrical equipment, you know your your cable and everything. Everything go crazy. They tell you just go press the reset button, and everything's gonna come right. Don't you wish there was a reset button 
that when our life gets out of whack, that we can just go and say, okay, we got to start this over. This is not going uh, too far. This game of life that I'm in right now, I got to start it over. I got to, I got to press that reset button. Well, the good news is you can't. That's the good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the reset button. When you accept Christ and you accept his message and you accept his work on the cross of Calvary, that is the reset button. I don't care how your life is messed up. We can always press the reset button and God will give us a new start. That's what Christianity is all about. That's why I'm preaching the gospel. Because what happened to me when I accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ and it changed my life and my life was reset, when God called me in the ministry, he said, if you just preach this gospel, the same thing that happened to you 50 years ago is going to happen to people when you preach that gospel. I said, I'll take it. See, when people realize their life is heading in the wrong direction, when they wish they could just say, let's hold up here. <laughs> I'm out of whack. That's where I was 50 years ago. I didn't know there was a reset button. I just knew that I was heading to the end of the life that I was living. I didn't know there was a reset button. But I found out there was one when I heard the gospel preach, when I walked into a church like this, that was not ashamed to preach the gospel the way it is. I heard it and I accepted it, and God pressed the reset button on my life. In John chapter 3, there was a, a religious leader named Nicodemus who came to Jesus. He was a religious man wanting to know about the kingdom of God. Well, Jesus replied like this in John 3, 3. He says, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. See, because Nicodemus was on a religious road that wasn't going to get him anywhere. There's millions and millions of people that's on a religious road thinking if they're following a religion that that's going to lead them to life. It doesn't. It doesn't. So Jesus told Nicodemus he had to be born again. See, that life, had his life had to start over. He was already hooked up in religion. He said, but that's not going to get it. See, something, you got to restart this thing. You got to restart your life. And that's what was so hard about the religious leaders in that day. That's what's so hard about people in religion today. They don't understand. No, I can't give up my religion. How many times have you, have you brought the gospel to somebody over over the years, I'd, pre I'd preach the word to somebody, and they said, no, you see, I was born a Catholic, and I'm going to die a Catholic. I was born a Baptist, and I'm going to die a Baptist. And I tell them, that's exactly what you're going to do. That's exactly what you're going to do if you follow that path. Unless you're born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you're born again, you're not going to have life eternal. That's it. That's the reset button. And if you don't press it, you're never going to get it. See, no one is naturally born a Christian. And I tell 
Christians all the time. Don't think for one second that just because your children are being raised in the church that they're automatically going to become Christian. Don't, don't, don't bite on that lie. That doesn't happen. They have to come the same way we come at the foot of the cross, repenting because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So everyone ever born in this life, if they are going to live forever, they have to be born again. Somehow, the reset button is going to have to be pressed. Now, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. See, that's the new year. I don't care when you press that button, what time of year. That's the new year for you. That was the new year for me in October 1972. I pressed that reset button, and boom, my life changed. That was the new year for me. That was the new life for me. Now, it's a tremendous experience, as, as Brother Nick was saying. It's a tremendous experience to the unsaved person without Christ. It was to me. the most. You'll never, ever experience anything like that for the rest of your life. There's no experience that you can experience that will top God pressing the reset button on your life. Nothing will top it. It don't get any better than that. That's it. I remember a few weeks ago, I was watching a, a football game. I know you're watching them too. But... Uh, I was watching a football game. It was between the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know why I was watching. I really don't care for either one of them teams. But I, I was watching it. And, and, uh, and they said that the, uh, the Tennessee Titans were the underdogs. And I watched the first half. And I believe at the end of the first half, they were losing by 21 points. I, said, I, I felt like turning it off, not watching it. I said, I'll watch it. But when they came back after the first half, it was like watching a different team. They actually won. When I was ready to give up on them, they actually won. Because I believe when they went back into halftime and that coach had to deal with them, Obviously, he had to tell, we're a better team than this. We're better than this. Now, we're going to have to press the reset button and come out in the second half as the team that we really are. And it must have worked because they won. And I was glad they won because I always like pulling for the underdogs. If I'm, I'm watching a football game that doesn't reflect the Saints at all, I, I look and see who's the underdog here. That's who I'm pulling for. And I believe that's why I'm a pastor, because I like pulling for the underdogs in life. If you're an underdog in life, I want to pull for you. I want to see that you make it. You see, and that is the joy of Christianity, is seeing the underdogs in life rise up and become victors. Not victims, but victors in life. 
See, and, and I believe that that's why I love what I do. Right? That's why I gave up my life to do this because when I preach the gospel, the whole reward of preaching the gospel is seeing lives changed. People that were losers are now becoming winners in life. So I like to see God press the reset button in people's lives. And obviously, uh, I love to see the underdog win. And that's not a strange thing. B biblical characters had to do it. And when we read about King David, who was the apple of God's eyes, had to do it, he wrote this in Psalm 17, 7 and 8. David said, show the wonder of your great love. You who save by your right hand and those who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Even though David was the apple of God's eye, there was times in his life where he gotten over his head in life, where he needed to press the reset button in his life. Not just once, many times that had happened. He had to press the reset button. He had to go back to God and said, you got to get me back to square one again. And one time of that was after his sin of adultery with a woman named Bathsheba, and he wound up murdering her husband, if you can imagine that. His sin was revealed to him by the prophet Nathan. And it's amazing because David thought he was going to be able to hide that, but how many know you can't hide your sin? Your sin will find you out. You can go as long as you want thinking you're getting away with something, but you're not. David repented to the Lord and asked for forgiveness, and he found it. He found it in the Lord, but he didn't want just to be forgiven. See, just being forgiven is one thing. He wanted more than that. He wanted the Lord to press the reset button where he could go back to where he was in the beginning. That's what he wanted. Just being forgiven, that's fine. No, I want more than that. I want to be restored back to where I was in the beginning. You see, just being forgiven and then going through your life not being where you really need to be doesn't really matter. But David realized that the condition of his life wasn't good. He was looking for the reset button. He knew where he could get it. And there's only one place you're going to get it. That's in the Lord. You want to be reset? Then you got to go to him. He's the only one that can put his finger on your life and reset it. Now, David wrote about this being reset in Psalm 51. And the Bible introduces the psalm like this. It says it's a psalm of David. When the prophet Nathan came to him after David committed adultery with Bathsheba, the Bible refer, is telling you why David wrote this psalm. This is why he wrote it. He was in adultery. Psalm 51 1 says this. David says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before you. Against you, 
You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. David knew the only person that could reset his life, he said he was in a mess. He was in a mess. He, he murdered a man. He took a man's wife. He did all, got her pregnant, got the whole thing. His whole life was messed up. But he knew where the only hope that he had of his life being reset was to go back to the Lord. David knew the steps it would take. See, David knew. David walked with God to know what the steps he was going to need to take to getting back, okay? And here it is. David wrote this in Psalm 103, 11 and 12. It says, For as high as the heavens above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. David says, God removes our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. Let me ask you this question. Have any one of us ever changed one second of our past? You can't. But here's the, here's the kicker. God will take our past and put it as far away from us. See, you can't do, you can't undo the past. But what God does for us, he not only forgives us, but he takes our past and he puts it from the east to the west. He gets it away from us. That's how you get reset. See, your whole past is gone now. It is gone from the east to the west. For the reset button to be pressed in our life, our past has to go. If you want to get reset, then the past has to go. Your past has to go as far from you as the east is from the west. Even things after we become Christians that, that we got to put behind us. We're not perfect once we get saved. We get, we get messed up sometimes. And, and when we come to get reset, we got to put that past behind us. See, we got we to gotta believe that if we're forgiven, the sins, the grievances, the failures, the hurts, everything else that torments us has got to be put away. Got to go if you want to be reset. You can't be reset carrying last year's. We must refuse to be tormented 
by confessed sins of the past. We must believe what the Apostle John wrote. He says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We must, by faith, receive forgiveness, but not only that, to be free of guilt, but believe that this is not going to be in my life no more. This, God's going to take this and put it far away from me as the east is from the west. So to be reset, we must not only receive forgiveness of our sins, but we got to forgive other people too. Ephesians 4.30 to 32 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. If we don't forgive others, this will be a stumbling block. Going into year 2022, it's going to be like a tra- you're going to be chained to a post. We must forgive because we have been forgiven so much. So how are we going to enter year 2022? Are you ready to let go of the past? I don't know what happened in year uh, 2021. I don't know what happened in your life. You don't know what happened in my life. But I tell you this, I'm letting that go. That's got to go. Whatever's back there can't come here, can't come this year. Now, how many want to be reset for this year? Anybody want to be reset or is it just me? All right, how about standing up? I want you to raise your hands to God right now. And I want you to thank him for forgiving you of all your sins right now. Say, God, I thank you. I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that I can be forgiven right now. I thank you for the blood. It has washed me clean. And that you have put my sins as far away from me as the east is from the west. And now because of that, I'm right now, I'm going to release everyone you know who has wronged me in 2021, and I'm going to set them free right now because I want to be free of that right now in Jesus' name. I am free, and I'm freeing them right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated now. We're ready to go in to 2022 now. See, if we really believe that, if we really believe that that we're forgiven and God has put 2021 as far as the east is from the west, now we can enter 2022 free. Now, if I'm free, i got to believe this about 2022. That's going to be fantastic. How many are going to believe with me? How many are going to believe with me that, that 2022 is going to be fantastic? Soon the Lord saved me 50 years ago 
I wasn't the smartest guy in the world, but the Word of God says this, and I believe it, in Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I believe when I, when I gave my life to Christ and God reset my life, that I wasn't a fool no more, but that he made me a wise man and he made me a man with understanding on how I should be walking in this world. He showed me where to walk and where not to walk, what to do and what not to do, what to say and what not to say. He began to give me wisdom in the new life that he reset for me. When I confess Jesus as the Lord, I realized how much wisdom I had. I, I looked at my past life and see how, what a wreck it was. He let me see my old life exactly like it was. And guess what? I didn't want it anymore. God said, I'll take it and put it far away from you as the east is from the west. Never to be brought up against you anymore. And immediately, wisdom and understanding was given me in my life that this life now is going to go better. See, you got to believe that. If he's going to reset you, you got to believe your life is going to be better following the Lord than not. See, I want to tell you something. My life didn't just get better. My life got fantastic. You hear me? Fantastic. I, I can't even say my life is good now. No, my life's not good. My life is fantastic. That's how God wants it. God wants you to live above this world. God wants you blessed. God, God, this is how this is what God has for you in year 2022 as we're going to. That's it. See, all this is from God. It's from God, not from you. It's not any resolution you're going to make. It's going to come from God. All that is new comes from God. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18, Paul said, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that really mean when, when Paul says that those who are in Christ are new creations in Christ? What does that really mean? What does it mean that the old is gone and the new has come? What does that really mean? Well, it means simply this. It means what the scripture says, that a person actually becomes a new creature. You don't have religion. You don't have any new rules and regulations. You become a new person. You become a new creation in Christ. That's who you are. Forget about the old life. That's gone. That's not who you are. See, that person actually becomes a new creature. Their whole being is new. Their whole nature is new. Their whole life is new. Their behavior patterns are new. Everything becomes new. See, before we were dead to God. But now you're born again. Now you're a new creature. You have life to God. See, we're getting our new life now from God himself. Before we had no relationship with God. 
That's why I said before, we got a personal God. We got a relational God, a God that cares for us, that knows us, that cares for us, who hears us when we cry out to him. We're a new creation. We live in his presence. We have a relationship with God in his presence. When you come into this place, you can sense the presence of God when we begin to worship. Unbelievers don't believe that. Unbelievers don't sense that. They come in, the first time I came into a church like this, these people are raising their hands, rejoicing, praising God. I said, what in the world are they doing? These people, what, what are they doing? Well, I found out the next week, Christ reset me. And guess what? The following week, I was with them, raising my hand and praying, and I felt the presence of God. See, that's what we have. We have a relationship with God. Before as an unbeliever, I wasn't really sure about God. Don't you remember those days? I wonder if there really is a God. I wonder if this Christianity thing is really real. Well, let me tell you something. When God puts his finger on you, resets your life, you know he's real. Because there ain't nobody else could ever do this. <laughs> nobody could change your life the way he did. So you know that he is for real. See, but as a new creation, I'm absolutely sure about God. I'm sure. There ain't no doubt here. I'm sure. Why? Because his finger touched my life. See, before we were living in sin and immorality, but as a new creation, we're living in righteousness and holiness. God is leading us into a different pathway. Before, we had to face death. As a new creation, I have eternal life. I'm never going to die. Jesus said, anyone who believes in me, even if he dies, he lives. And if he lives, he'll never die. I like that. I don't fear death. In fact, I'm looking forward to the day. I check out of here. I'm getting closer now than I've ever been. I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see the one who actually put his finger on my life and changed me. I'm going to see the one who died on the cross for my sin. I'm going to see him, okay? So it really doesn't matter. So when Brother Carl checks out, you happen to be at my funeral, don't think I'm dead. I'm not. I won't be dead. I won't be here, but I won't be dead. Hallelujah. As a new creation, we're destined to live eternally in the presence of God. All this is from God. We experience it because we have exercised faith in Christ. So our future, our future to God, year 2022 belongs to him. You want to give it to him? It belongs to him. We can't enter 2022 in bondage to anxieties about our future. Faith is the opposite of fear and doubt. This total trust in God. Let's quit trying to face the future before it gets here. Let's just trust God. It's going to be all right when I get there. It's going to be all right this year. Matthew 6, 34, Jesus said, Don't worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I tell my wife that all the time. She's worrying about this day. I said, listen, I got enough trouble today. I don't, I, I don't worry about 
tomorrow or next week. I got enough problems today. Let me get through today, and I'll talk about tomorrow. Let me get through today. We need to let the present be exciting through evangelism. I want, I want to tell you as a church, this church is here because we're evangelistic. This church is here because we want to get the lost saved. This church is here because we have compassion for the lost. That's our reason for living. See that right there. That's our reason for being here. So let's look at the progression of hitting the reset button. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, as he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's to every one of us. We have it. He has given it to us that we can reconcile the world to God. After becoming a new creation and our lives being reset, God gives us a ministry. See, and this is what we tell our people. You're not here by accident. You're here because God has given you a ministry. You're going to reach people for Christ. That's what we're about. That's all we're about. But not about anything else. I'm saved because I got to represent the God who saved me to a world that's not saved and don't know him. That's my responsibility. God gives us that ministry and that we are capable of ministering salvation. Can you remember when you were first born again? I do. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'll be rejoicing in heaven over that day when I got saved. I'll be rejoicing that. I'll never forget it. And I'll, I'll remind Jesus about it. I don't think he forgot, but I'll remind him. Remember that night. Remember that night. He's going to say, yes, Carl, I remember that night. I just want to make sure, Lord, you remember it because I'll never forget it. How you wanted to tell everybody? Huh? That's the joy of the Lord. That's the joy of the Lord. That's what 2022 has got to be about us. We're going to be so full of joy with the Lord. We're going to tell everybody, right? We want everybody to experience God the way we have. Bringing others to Christ will bring us joy unspeakable. That's how God called me to the ministry. He said, you think you got joy now? Just start preaching this gospel, seeing people saved, and you'll see joy like you have never had before in your life. I said, well, I'll take it. Bringing others to Christ brings us joy. There's nothing more exciting than that. There's nothing more exciting than seeing a life changed for the kingdom of God. Seeing the power of God at work in somebody's life, every time that happens, it reassures me I'm saved. When I see God working in somebody else's life and they get saved, I know I'm saved because that's the same thing that happened to me. Same thing. See, this is the progression that happened to David. When God hit the reset button on David's life, look what happened. David said this in verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation 
and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will turn back to you. But uh, David said, look, if you could just reset me, get me back to where I was before, I'm going to teach transgressors your ways. See, that's the progression. What David was saying is he was expressing his gratitude to the Lord for resetting him, getting him back to square one after the consequence of his own painful experience with sin. David had a painful experience with sin. David was saying, I'm going to teach transgressors. From my own experience about evil and about the bitterness of sin, I'm going to teach them what dreadful consequences sin brings. I'm going to tell them, don't go there. See, I've been there before. I know what that lifestyle is going to do for you. Don't go there. I'm going to, I'm going to turn sinners to God. Why? Because I've already experienced the experience of the dreadful consequence that sin brings. Sin brings consequences to our life. You can't get away from it. You can't. See, David said, I'm going to teach them the nature of true repentance. How you can get back to God. I'm going to teach you because I've already done it. He would encourage them to come to God who had forgiven him. David says, and sinners will turn back to you. David would say that they would see from my own case. I'm not giving you a hypothetical situation, David said. I'm telling you what exactly happened to me and what God did for me. And that's what David said. When I tell them, I'm going to turn sinners back to you because of what happened to me. David was saying that they would see from his own case the evil of transgressing against God. They would learn. David said, they're going to learn from my experience that the mercy that I received from God, as much as I've done, he reset me back. They would be persuaded to flee from the wrath to come. The best preparation for success and winning souls to God for this church and turning them from the area of their ways is to have a deep personal experience of guilt and danger of sin. I know what it is to be guilty. I know what it is to have remorse. I, I was full up at the age of 27. I had as much guilt as I could carry. But I know what it is to be reset. To have the experience of that great mercy of God and his forgiveness. When we experience that, you experience that, then you can be successful in bringing others to Christ. No one who has this experience will ever, will, will, will ever labor in vain in evangelism. As long as you have that experience, you'll be able to evangelize. You'll be able to tell people this is what God can do for you. See, when we are reset as David was, Christianity becomes exciting. See, Christianity is exciting. How many know that? This is exciting. Living for God is exciting. Being used of God is exciting. For Christianity to become exciting, 
We got to get rid of the past. We got to get rid of the past. We can't be chained to 2021. That's got to be cleared out. When that happens, then faith can arise and we can believe God for our lives. We can be excited that we can carry the words of eternal life and bring people to Christ. See, I believe when we lose the burden and zeal to reach out to others to witness, the reset button needs to be hit. We've got to get back to square one. If we can walk past sinners and don't tell them anything, we have opportunity to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ and we don't, we've got, we got to get reset. Something's got to happen. We got to be reset. I believe this church today needs to hit the reset button. It needs to get free of the past. It needs to see our future as a believer and as a church as fantastic. It must have a renewed burden to win the loss to Christ because that's the natural, that's the natural result of being reset that's what happened to david david said if you can just get me back to square one i'm gonna bring sinners in i'm gonna tell sinners i'm gonna I'm turn transgressors away from their ways and i'm gonna get them to you if you can just get me back to square one that was the natural result of david and there's another biblical character i want to share and we're gonna we're gonna end that's the apostle peter Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. He said, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. See, even Peter knew when he turned away from God, when God restored him, that I'm going to have to go tell the brothers, this is how it is. This is what God's going to do if you turn back. See, Jesus knew Peter was going to fail, but Jesus knew that he was going to reset Peter. Jesus said, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen them. And ask him what God wants us to say today is this. When you mess up, don't give up. Stand up and confess up. Then look up because the harvest is ripe for harvest. That's what you need to do. Because we've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. So let's press the reset button. And let's believe God to make 2022 exciting. Where we can be like David. Where we can tell, we can teach transgressors God's ways and turn sinners to God. That's what we need to do. That's how we as a church is going to have to face 2022. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.